No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome back to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see that as Israel began to move away from Mount Sinai, it didn't take them long to get into trouble. This would be the first of many wilderness tests, so we hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Numbers chapter 11 on Simply the Bible. Numbers chronicles the Israelites' journey from Mount Sinai to Kadesh Barnea, the entry point to the Promised Land. This was an 11-day journey that took 39 years because they did not trust and obey God. While Exodus and Leviticus are about receiving God's law, Numbers is about moving through the wilderness. Today we begin tracking the first of many tests— God tested the Israelites to see if they would trust in him, and they tested God because of their disobedience. We pick it up in Numbers chapter 11. Now when the people complained, it displeased the Lord, for the Lord heard it, and his anger was aroused. So the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed some of them in the outskirts of the camp. Then the people cried out to Moses, and when Moses prayed to the Lord, the fire was quenched. So he called the name of the place Taborah, because the fire of the Lord had burned among them. The people complained. We don't even know what they complained about, but the Lord heard it. Wasn't God with them? Wasn't he providing for them? Then their complaining was really against him. The same is true for us. The other night, my wife picked up some dinner for us from a restaurant that we like, brought it back, and I noticed immediately that they got the order wrong. They mixed it up. And as I began to eat it, I realized this isn't as good as it usually is, and I began to complain about it. But wait a minute, I thought later, didn't we just give God thanks for this meal? And now here I am complaining about it just because it's not the way I like it. It seems that as soon as something isn't to our liking, we're ready to complain about it. We don't stop to consider how our words will impact or hurt others. We don't think about God. We just freely voice our complaints. And then there's the social media. Social media has given people a platform to rant about anything they want whenever they want. It's a problem. Philippians 2.14 says, Do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Rarely have I regretted the thing that I didn't say, but there are many times that I wish I could take back those thoughtless words that I've spoken. So the people's complaining aroused God's anger and it burned against them, consuming some on the outskirts of the camp. Think about it. Complaining leads to consuming. That is also what we're told in Galatians 5.15. But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. We think that if we give somebody a piece of our mind, then we will feel better. But people who are constantly unloading on others are rarely happy themselves. Some people have even given away so many pieces of their mind that there's little left. But people who complain against and criticize one another are often consumed 
by one another. May God help us. Verse 4. Now the mixed multitude who were among them yielded to intense craving. So the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who will give us meat to eat? We remember the fish which we ate freely in Egypt, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. But now our whole being is dried up. There is nothing at all except this manna before our eyes. The complaining and the consuming now led to craving. Somehow, when we get our eyes off the Lord and onto our circumstances, then we become discontented. And that opens the door for us to yield to the cravings of the flesh. Each one of us has this constant battle with our flesh. Galatians 5.17 says, For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. Notice that the cravings began with the mixed multitude. These were the ones who were of questionable pedigree, like the young man spoken of in Leviticus 24, whose mother was an Israelite, but his father was an Egyptian. He had blasphemed the name of the Lord and was stoned to death because of it. Some of the mixed multitude were probably the result of intermarriage with the Egyptians. Others may have been Egyptians who were frightened to remain in Egypt after the plagues, and they decided to cast their lots with the children of Israel. They moved out of Egypt, but they never moved Egypt out of them. And Egypt in the scripture is a picture of the world. The Apostle John tells us in his first epistle, Do not love this world nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. This is the problem. When our hearts turn to the world, all the world can offer us is a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for the things that we see, a pride in our achievements or possessions. But these things never last. Love for the world and love for God are mutually exclusive. If we love the one, then we'll stop loving the other. Now, as the people yielded to their craving, it resulted in weeping. They felt sorry for themselves because they didn't have meat to eat anymore. Their minds drifted back to the good old days of Egypt when they had fish, cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic. And they said to one another, our whole being is dried up and all we have to eat is this manna. Manna, manna, manna. We're sick of manna. Now, was their whole being really dried up? When we yield to the cravings of our flesh, we exaggerate the plight of our condition. If things were so great in Egypt, then why did they leave? They remembered the tasty foods, but they forgot their bitter bondage. And that is what happens when we give in to the cravings of the flesh. Verse 7. Now the manna was like coriander seed and its color like the color of delium. The people went about and gathered it, ground it on millstones or beat it in the mortar, cooked it in pans and made cakes of it. And its taste was like the taste of pastry prepared with oil. 
And when the dew fell on the camp in the night, the manna fell on it. So we get another description of the manna, which the word meant, what is it? Is As you'll recall from Exodus. They had come up with every recipe they could for how to prepare it. But now all they could think of was that they were sick of it. And yet, manna in the scripture is a picture of Jesus. Jesus is the bread of life. He is the bread who came down from heaven. He is the one who sustains us and will never be satisfied unless we're feeding on him. Likewise, God gave the manna because it was a staple and it had all of the nutritive value that they needed to sustain them in their wilderness journey. If you think about what they craved, it was the dainty foods, the onions, the leeks, the garlic. But those things did not have the ability to sustain them. So it is with us today. God has given to us his word, the manna of his word. But are people feeding on it? Are they hungering for it? Or are they hungering for the tasty dainties of this world that satisfy the flesh but have no eternal substance? Verse 10. Then Moses heard the people weeping throughout their families, everyone at the door of his tent, and the anger of the Lord was greatly aroused. Moses also was displeased. So Moses said to the Lord, Why have you afflicted your servant? And why have I not found favor in your sight that you have laid the burden of all these people on me? Did I conceive all these people? Did I beget them that you should say to me, carry them in your bosom as a guardian carries a nursing child to the land which you swore to their fathers? Where am I to get meat to give to all these people? For they weep all over me saying, give us meat that we may eat. I am not able to bear all these people alone because the burden is too heavy for me. If you treat me like this, Please kill me here and now, if I have found favor in your sight, and do not let me see my wretchedness. Poor Moses. He was at the low point of his career. And the problem was, as the people gave in to their craving and they became miserable, then their misery spread. And now Moses was complaining to the Lord about his lot, about the burden that he felt was put upon his shoulders. The truth was, God didn't really put the burden of two and a half million people on Moses' shoulders. God had been bearing the burden, but Moses was the servant of the Lord, and he felt the responsibility. And I think so many times we in ministry take on more responsibility on ourselves than God really has given us, but we take it personally. And I know that there's been many people who just become weary in ministry because of the burden that they're bearing. But really, are they laying it on the Lord, you see? It's easy for us to take it upon ourselves and feel the weight, the crushing weight of it, rather than casting our cares on the Lord because he cares for us. But we will see that the Lord was gracious to Moses and he had a plan. He was going to take care of Moses. But it does show us what can happen when people turn away from the the manna of God's word, of being content in the Lord, of keeping their eyes on God and, and start yielding to the cravings of their flesh, becoming discontent and miserable. 
And what that does is misery perpetuates misery. May God help us not to be complaining, not to be arguing, not to be yielding to the desires and lusts of our flesh, but to find the satisfaction and the sustenance that comes from our relationship with Christ and from feeding daily upon his good word. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we ask for your help, Lord. Forgive us when we get our eyes off of you and off the good things you've given us and begin to complain about what we don't have or what we don't like. Father, we pray that we would be more fixed upon the good things you've brought to us, knowing that you will not withhold any good thing from those whom you love. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. They meet Sunday mornings at 1030 at Pepperidge Elementary School in Boise. Also, to listen to any of Pastor Daryl's teachings or to find out more about the church, go to their website at calvarytv.org. They'd really love to hear from you. You can also text them at 208-314-3377 with your questions or comments. Tomorrow we will conclude this story of Israel's first wilderness test after leaving Mount Sinai. God would give them what they craved and much more. We hope you'll join us as we continue through the book of Numbers on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible.